Welcome back to Footwork, a podcast for those who dream big, never settle, and make their own path. I'm Sean. And I'm Dylan. Together with guests, we share stories and tips every Monday to educate, inspire, and create a community built of soccer players and dream chasers. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. Joe Enox, welcome to Footwork. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Of course, it's our pleasure. We always like to start off with our motto, which is make your own path. And for your story, I think this really rings true. So for you, what does make your own path mean? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Uh, Make your own path. Um, When I was going, when I was coming from the United States, going to college, I went to a smaller college. Uh, We were in D2 and then went to D1. Um, so soccer wise, we weren't, you know, um, this highly rated, uh, highly rated college and, um, and then, uh, MLS was just starting up and I didn't have a big name, you know? And so, um, I really loved the game and I wanted to play. I still wanted to play. I was 21 years old, just about turned 22 and, um, I wanted to play, you know? And so I um, was looking at opportunities for myself and I had, thank God, um, a, a teammate in college that was over in Germany and uh, he was Mark Bana and he was, I'm eternally grateful for him for giving me a place to stay for this first six months. And then I was trying out with uh, different teams and uh, um, you know, I had the opportunity at Sao Paulo um, to, to play in the fourth division um, with the second team. And uh, you know, I took it from there. I made my own path and in, in just sticking it out. There were some very, very difficult times, um, you know, um, trying to get my foot in the door and uh, just sticking with it. I think my passion, my love for the game was um, was the key for me. That was my path, just having, you know, enough love for the game to stick through the tough times. Love that. And in order for us to properly introduce you, can you tell us who are you, where were you, and where are you going? <laughs> okay who am i um i'm a i'm a small town kid from uh northern california um who uh um grew up in a family that was crazy about all types of sports grew up playing you know like every other kid in the united states playing baseball playing tennis playing basketball playing soccer um uh, met some really passionate people with soccer and um they, they've uh, infected me with the love of the game. Um, was fortunate enough to play on a very a good um, under-19 team um, in San Francisco United. Um, but San Francisco United, before that, uh, under-15s, we they took a trip to, to Scandinavia, played in four different tournaments. And, um, and I think that was the time where I just I realized, okay, I want to do this. Um, Went to uh, college in Sacramento, um, played four years. My coach, Mike Lindenberg at the time, and now the, still the head coach of, uh, of Sacramento State, um, just, yeah, um, reinforced my passion for the game and gave me the opportunity to come to Germany. Um, where I was, Sao Paulo um, amateur team, I was very, very fortunate to um, get on – very traditional clubs, had a lot of tradition, a lot of history, Sao Paulo, and then I went to Osnabrück, um, played in Osnabrück for 12 years, the most amount of games in, in Osnabrück's history, um, 
and then was uh, after I stopped playing was uh, 10 years in the coaching system there. Um, yeah. Um, and after I was released as a coach um, after two and a half years and uh, which was uh, which was a tough time for me, uh, for my for my family as well. And then um, decided to take a path just completely different. Go over to way in the east to uh, Tvikal, um, where, you know, I just I just needed to find something for myself that um, was a little further away from Ozerbrook and uh, was there for five years and uh, just had some great times. Was able to do all my coaching licensing um, in Ozerbrook. And so I was had my away for pro license already in the in my in my bag and and now um after being released in Sviga after four and a half years uh um got my opportunity here in in uh, Regensburg and um just enjoying the moment where I'm going um I don't know we've we're on a good journey right now I'm just enjoying working with these kids got some really really young talented um um players along with some experienced old professionals um and the mixture of team the, the team is really works out for me i'm happy um and uh i've got great facilities here and so i'm you know where are we going I, you know hopefully um the journey doesn't end we've won seven straight games you know we play have another tough couple of games before the winter break we need to get some points uh, to solidify our position and then we'll see where we're going yeah, I mean it's been it's been a journey thus far, and and speaking on where you are right now, like you said, it's been a good run of form. It was a bit of a I wouldn't want to say roller coaster start, but an interesting start joining for the last three games and kind of experiencing the relegation that happened with Jan Regensburg, but now sitting second place. You know, like you said, many games in a row that you've won, very strong start to the season. How would you describe kind of joining in such an era and then also being able to bring them to this height right now and hopefully sustain it well um when i when um jan regensburg called me up um you know they released the coach um with three games left um the um possibility of staying up i'm a realist i'm a very optimistic person i think all of us americans are you know um pretty optimistic people um but the i'm very realistic the realistic chance of staying up in the in the second division um, was very minimal and I was very honest with you know the um, with the management um, I'm always a believer and uh, with the look of the last three games we we had Hamburg in front of us and we had Braunschweig away and then we had Heidenheim two teams who were up near the top of the table and uh, and Braunschweig who was fighting to stay up away so um, we also needed we were, had to count on uh, Bielefeld losing games um, and uh, the first <laughs> I took over on Thursday and on Saturday, Bielefeld was playing in Kaiserslautern and uh, they won that game away. And so we were five points with the uh, worst uh, goal difference. Crazy. Yeah. And so it was just, a, it was like a shot in the heart, right? Right in the first day. So um, still we proved ourselves during those last three games. We had uh, the first game against Hamburg. You see that the guys were, you know, with a complete situation. It was, it was, it was a tough situation. So we got hammered. Um, and then we bounced back against Braunschweig, won away in Braunschweig, had a, a very memorable game against uh, Heidenheim at home, up 2-0, um, 11 minutes stoppage time, um, and, and conceded the third goal in like the 11th minute of stoppage time, which is 
incredible. Uh, it was an incredible game to be a part of, obviously, on the losing end. And then um, the biggest thing for me now was um, putting the team together. Um, we have 15, 16 new players here um, that were willing to take on the responsibility of, you know, of uh, finding our way in the third division. Like you said, the first uh, couple of games wasn't like a roller coaster, but we're trying to figure out what what role we're going to play um, because a lot of teams that come down from a, from the second division or first division trying to find their way in a new league. It's, it's difficult. And um, you know, the, the, the difference between the leagues is very minimal, you know, obviously from the second to the first, it's a big difference, but from the third to the second, it's, it's pretty minimal, you know? And so um, we just wanted to get players that were hungry to, to function in this league. And um We've got a good group of kids um, that are hungry that, you know, took on the league that are that don't say, hey, I'm playing the second division. I'll just you know, this is just, you know, um, a step um, in my personal experience. So they they're uh, they're, you know, taking on the responsibility of um, being successful in this league. And it's, it's a good time for us. And, and my job, I think, right now is to, to not only say, OK, this is a good time. But um, concentrate on the good things that we're doing, but also, you know, the things we can do better, um, you know, talk to the kids about what we can do better and uh, try to improve every game, every week. Now, I want to go back to when you began coaching, because I think you see a lot of former professional players kind of jump maybe after a year with an academy, they jump right into a big job. But you spent six seasons uh, with Osnabrück's second team in the Oberliga before jumping to the third Bundesliga. How do you feel that those six years help prepare you basically for moments like this where you're in the second Bundesliga, you get relegated, but you know and you have the experience of a plan of how you can succeed in the following season? That's a that's a great point. You know, I'm I'm very um grateful uh for uh in Osnabrück for what they did for me. Um I was able to so I, I stopped playing when I was 36. I was almost 37 actually, and um and I was able to do all my licensing after I stopped playing. You know, when you're when you're playing and then you're doing license, uh, license, your all your licenses, um, you know, while you're playing, you, you don't have, you know, that was my point of view at the time. Where you couldn't concentrate on, you know, what what's right and, you know, what's wrong and doing it um, successfully. And so I was able to do all my licenses. I started at the bottom. Um, I wanted to, you know, it was also a language barrier. Um, you know, I wanted to do everything right. And so I started my C license, B license. A license, and then I did my professional license from 2009 to 2014. So I'm very grateful that I did all my licenses and and I could try out all the things that I was learning, you know, on my teams. It wasn't like an experiment. I was very, um, I took my own experience as a player plus the coaching licensing and trying to combine that, what works out best for me. So it was, like you said, it was, it was a perfect situation for me to figure out what's best for me my coaching style, how I want to deal with players. Um, you know, and it took all that and, you know, it was, it was, it was six, seven years because I was with the under 23 team for the first six years. And then I started um, with the, uh, I did one year of the under 19 team too. Um, so it was just working with different age groups, you know, young kids who want to become professionals. And that was a, that was, that was what defined me as a coach is just this, these seven years of trying, okay, this is what I want to do. This is my experience as a player. This is my experience as a coach, trying out different things. And that was a very important time for me. 
Yeah, it just kind of seems like you said it's not really an experiment, but you're kind of finding your own philosophy and what holds true for you. Now, I want to yeah. read apart from an interview that you did back in 2015. Um, okay. I think this was just when you took over Austin Brook, but this time with your pro license, like you said. Right. So what the question was kind of about your philosophy and what you look for in, in a team. And so what you said was, I really like to circulate the ball. I always love to go forward as fast as possible. I want a good mixture of ball control and going to goal. I like to play the ball flat through the midfield, change the side of the field, but also to be dangerous inside the box. I love a lot of action inside the box. I also love the transition from offense to defense, defense to offense. As soon as you lose the ball, that's when your work starts. That's when you work the hardest. So, I mean, hearing that, does, do, do these main themes still ring true today in your philosophy and how you kind of approach the game and coaching it? And maybe after hearing it, what has changed or shifted importance and weight? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I find myself in a lot of those things that I said right there still to today. One thing that changes, and now I have to make and make one clarification here in Regensburg. They have their own philosophy. So when I signed my contract here, they gave me the philosophy and said, can you deal with this? Mm -hmm. And I find my, I found myself exactly in these, in, in, you know, what they laid in front of me. And so um, one thing was important is circulation of the ball. It sort of bites on what, what we're doing here. We want to go um, as fast forward as we can transition to the ball uh, uh, from defense to offense, but offense to be is a very, very important part of a game. Getting in the box, having numbers in the box, getting a lot of situations in the box. That's exactly what we want to do here. And so the one thing that I would, uh, that I would um, say is circulation, playing flat through the middle of the field. You know, there are some certain times where we tell our kids, all right, look for someone in the midfield. It all depends on how, how they're playing against us. If they're giving us space in the midfield, going from one side of the field to the other side of the field and getting um, up as uh, up the field as, as fast as possible. That's exactly what we're trying to do here. And uh, so I find myself, you know, in, in those words, still um, 90% of what I said back then. Um, so the circulation and playing flat through the middle of the field are two things where I say, okay, sometimes yes, but not a huge aspect of our game right now. And coming off a bit more of uh, maybe a part that's overlooked is empathy from coaches. And there's another quote from you that was, I also think one of my hallmarks is that I treat my players like people because that's who they are. And that's one of my strengths. Now, a lot of people judge a coach based on results or or how they play tactically or what they're doing. But this part, you often hear the best coaches, at least from a player's perspective, is someone who they really get on with. That coach understood them and then got the best out of them. You see that with Klopp, with all of his teams, that the players are dying for him on the pitch. Um, when did you begin to develop this? Or this is always your thing and that you've kind of harnessed that to get your players on board and to get the best out of them? Well, I think that um, I learned a lot from my coaches. Uh, I think my best coaches were people people. Um, they uh, they knew how to deal with players, um, you know, and I, I don't expect my players to be, you know, all like a certain part person. I accept that every, everybody's different, that we have to function as a team. Um, and I always liked um, coaches that dealt with me like a person. I'm not a machine. I think that, you know, when you look at the best coaches in the world, even Jose Marino, um, who's got maybe outside of his club, you know, a bad name sometimes, but he deals with his players. His players love him. 
And so I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at not only soccer coaches club, I'm looking at Mike Krzyzewski. How does he deal with players? I'm looking at, you know, all type of um, um, successful coaches who, you know, there are millions of people here in Germany that know a whole bunch about soccer, million people. Um, how do you deal with people? How do you get a group of guys, 24, 25 guys to march in the same direction? And knowing that we all have problems at Mahomes, we all, you know, uh, have our issues. So how do you get these guys to perform on the field? And I think it's just to treat these people like people. And uh, I think that's never going to change. And um, I'm never going to go and be, you know, the guy, ah, you got to do this and this. I don't want to be a police officer. I want to be a coach. I want to deal with people. And I love dealing with people every single day. And so I think that's my, my passion for soccer, but my passion for people is also a strength and it's never going to change. And as a foreign coach, as an American in Europe, what do you think some of the most important qualities or determinations that a foreign or an American coach in, in general should have abroad? Because I think many people see that as a, as a barrier, and I'm sure we can maybe get into the stigma of American knowledge or American status in soccer or in football in Germany and in Europe. So what kind of qualities do you think you need and have you kind of faced those stigmas throughout your playing and coaching career? You know, I think that um, Jesse Marsh, um, uh, Pellegrino, Matarazzo, these guys breaking barriers for us are is is it's incredible. You know, I'm <laughs> I've I've got to say this. So when I'm uh, in Osnabrück, people think yeah, I'm I'm you're in Osnabrück. People think I'm from Osnabrück. You know, and so it's like it's um, I'm not judged as a as as an american coach you know obviously every every once in a while oh, he's an american okay but um i've been in germany for 30 years you know and so i don't have that stigma as much as some other people but i think you know it helps it's always helpful helpful for us um coaches um people breaking barriers for us you know jesse marsh had a great run in salzburg yeah you know did well in in leipzig um obviously um, he had a short stint there, but um, Pellegrino Matarazzo, what, he's, what he did, you know, in Stuttgart, what he's doing in uh, Hoffenheim. So these guys breaking barriers for us is uh, incredible. Um, I was asked about two years ago or a year ago, um, what, what I think about Ted Lasso. And, and I loved it. I loved that show, you know, but I didn't, I didn't really take it seriously. I love the show, um, but it wasn't like, you know, um, um, I took that really seriously that, you know, people are making fun of American coaches here in, in, in Germany. I just, I just thought it was, a, it was a good show. And then I thought about it and I says, you know what, we've got a passion for soccer. You know, we've got, I've got some, I had some coaches in the United States, um, Mike Lindenberger, uh, Tom Simpson that loved the game that spent so much time in the game and they studied the game. And, and, um, and I, I don't think we have to, you know, think of ourselves as, as less capable as, as some of these coaches um, in in uh, in in Europe or overall in the world. And so, I think people break barriers for us is, is always being successful. Um, um, I always follow Greg Berhalter. I follow um, um, Steve Tarandolo. I'm so excited for Steve what he's what he's done. And so, I think people breaking barriers for us. And I think um, that we're we're taken seriously, and that and that we're going to be. We're going to be fine. I think, you know, people that have passion for the game, love people, love dealing with people are, are going to be good coaches no matter where you come from. Yeah, I think people I think people take that Ted Lasso is ruining American coaches stigma like a little too seriously at this point. Like, exactly. it's just a show. It's just fun. Yeah. Like, exactly. It's not that big a deal. But you know what? 
some of the things that he was dealing with, you know, dealing with people, how to deal with people. That's, that's that. I mean, you, you learn a lot from that. And I think that think it's, it's taking it too seriously. It's just to show it's fun, but some of the aspects of what he was doing with that team. Awesome. Yeah. Like you said, you can pull from anything. And and I mean, from, from you as an American coach, like, I mean, you, you'll start to see it. There's a lot of integration, I think, between the sports. Like you'll see Pep at a basketball game or talking that he was at a basketball game. And you mentioned Mike Krzyzewski. I mean, I think that knowledge of the game is kind of stretching into different sports and maybe even gives you an advantage with your background to see different things in a different way as opposed to in Germany. We know like they, they only play football here. Like really, like maybe some will play handball or something like this, but the level of it, there's such a drop off in terms of the funding and everything from football to any other sport. Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely. I mean, you've got ice hockey. Um, you got some good German ice hockey players. I, I, they were making fun of me because uh, basketball, uh, the world championships, they lost basketball as we lost. I got that too. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it was our B team. Yeah. Is what I said. C team. That's uh, all right. I mean, it's you know, right. it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. There was, so there's one thing that Sean and I kind of talk about in this podcast, and especially when we talk about Americans going abroad, and maybe it wasn't your intention at first when you first got to Germany, but do you feel like the aspect, and you mentioned now that you're looked at as an Osnabrücker, do you feel like that aspect of like going into a place and making it your home kind of gave you that advantage to not maybe have those stigmas or to that not even be the question, them to look maybe directly to your soccer knowledge and how you perform and how you coach as opposed to, you know, where you come from and things like that. Yeah, I do. Definitely. Um, you know, I love, I love it here. I love Germany. Um, and I know it's different. It's, I, I always say it's, it's not better or worse. It's just different. And you accept that it's different. And, and, you know, there's, there's certain aspects that I just sometimes laugh at, you know, my wife, my wife is German and, um, that, you know, we, we say, see that it's different, you know, the life here, but we love it. And, uh, and um, just accepting that it's, you know, the differences here from the United States um, and and embracing that difference. Um, and then and I, I love it in the United States, too. You know, it's uh, so um, I think just feeling comfortable finding your niche, um, you know, your everyday life. Um, I've got great friends um, um, here all over Germany in Zwickau and Osnabrück in Hamburg um and i'm learning a lot of great people here and so i think it's it's just accepting where you are and and trying to fit in um and um you know and 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 trying to be successful and i want to talk about that fitting in when you first came over did you have the intention to stay in germany or was it kind of over the years it's like okay maybe maybe this actually is a place that i can stay <laughs> no as so uh I don't want to say because, you know, you know how our parents always say, oh, I had to walk to school 20 miles in the rain, you know, Both um, ways uphill. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so uh, so when I was going to practice in Hamburg, I was living in a small little town, Hoisdorf, outside of outside of Hamburg. And I seriously had two and a half hours to, go, to get to training. I just loved I just loved going to practice. And, you know, and I just it, it was it was. It was a thing, though, where I was like, I'll do this for a year, you know, and then and then uh, I'll go back. And uh, um, I uh, after after about six months, 
played my first game, um, two and a half thousand fans, you know, in, in San Paoli, Millentorch uh, Stadium. The back back in the day, the the second team was able to play in this in a stadium. And I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna stay here my whole life. <laughs> you know, that was like I can I imagine after that. Yeah. Forever. You know, it was just this aha moment. And um I got to train, you know, one or two times with the with the second division team, um, you know, when they needed a player. And I was like, I'm staying. And so um there was a few moments where it just it just changed my aspect. And I was like, I could do this the rest of my life. It doesn't matter if it's raining outside, if it's snowing outside. I come from California, man. I've never seen snow or rain, you know. I was like, geez. Um so I was uh um just the first games, I can still remember it in Millentor. Um, that was what changed my mind. I would stay here for, for forever. I'm sure you're you're used to a lot more sun too than what Germany oh, yeah. provides. I mean, especially in the north of Germany, we know. Yeah, I've, you know, here in here in southern Germany, I gotta say, even in Zwickau, we saw the sun so much more than we did in Hamburg or in Osterbrück. It, it's it's incredible. It's only like five hours away, so. Yeah, it's crazy had the difference. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking on that move then, because I mean, it seemed like maybe Pauly would work out or, you know, the, the journey into the, the second team or the first team. I think you were offered something. Is that correct? Well, I was sat down with Papa Weisner. He was the president of the club back then. And I was very, you know, I was I wasn't working with an agent. You know, I just I just sat there by myself and. I had, we had a good run in the third division. We were in sixth place in the third division. I think my first year in the third division and we sat down and I was very realistic about my, my ability. And back in the day, uh, so we moved up to the third division and the, and the first team of St. Paul moved up to the first division. They had a great run in the oh, first yeah. division. I trained Paul Caligiri back then was the American at St. Paul. And so I, I went to training every day with uh, Paul and, um, very thankful for his his support back then and um you know i just saw that they were better than me man i was like they they offered me a a a contract um for the first for the first division team it was a small contract it was you know it was just being a development player even though i was older than some of the guys that were that were playing full-time um but i was very realistic in in you know my my abilities and i wasn't going to be playing first division you know, um, and and I had the opportunity to go to Osterbrook. Um, Osterbrook, we were playing the third division, just like Sao Paulo's amateur team. Um, and it was the first team. Um, it's it's a difference when you play with the first team um, with all that tradition. And I thought that was the smartest move for me. You know, maybe I didn't have anybody saying, hey, you got to do this or do this. I was made it of, um, of my mind on my own. And uh, I think that was the best move I could have done. Not saying that Sao Paulo wasn't, awesome um but for me at that time just realizing okay make make my own path um in Ozerbrook be part of something that they're trying to build and part of that rebuild was being part of that rebuild was just amazing as a player 12 years 376 games that was that was an awesome awesome time and there's 376 games you have the most games for Osnabrook Trainer, co-trainer, interim, interim trainer. Did you feel sort of a pressure when you transitioned from a player to a coach? Oh yeah, <laughs> to live up to the expectations. Yeah, yeah. 
especially when when you start losing some games. I mean, the first year, I think we were in, came in fifth place. Second year, we were in sixth place, which is all right. We were first year. I tell you what, I had a team. We should have we should have been in the top three. Um, I made you know you make mistakes. You look back and you make some mistakes. I had the opportunity. And Jurgen Valen, I know today he said, "Hey Joe, we don't have any money, but if you want to get a player or two in the winter, let's do it." And I said, "You know what? I want to focus on our team. I don't want to bring any anybody else in." Back in the day, I should have because it would have maybe motivated other players to be better. And we got in this comfort zone, and once we got in this comfort zone, we didn't perform. Um, and so you learn a lot of stuff. And so the first two years were, were decent. Um, and the third year sold some players, we were having financial difficulties and then we started losing games. And, you know, I go from being, Hey Joe, you know, everywhere I go, Hey Joe. And then they're like, Oh, there's Joe, (laughs) you know? And so you feel like, man, it was, I'm sleepless nights, woke up, you know, sweating, I stress. I, the first time in my life, I was like, oh, shit. And and that's why I said I had to, um, part of my language, I've got a potty mouth. Um, good, all good. You can curse on here. Yeah. Okay. No, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> my mom's going to hear it. She's going to like, oh, uh, So um, the first, that's when I said I had to, I had to get out. I get it far away from Ozenbrook. It wasn't, had anything to do with the, the people was just the pressure on myself, you know? And I was like, everywhere I went, it was like, there he is, there he is. Um, and so making that move to Twickle, um was, was at that moment, the right thing to do. Did you, did you anticipate any of those kind of, cause I'm sure as a player, I mean, even though you were a captain, even though you had so many games and, you know, looked at as a club legend, I'm sure that pressure just felt differently where it didn't all, I mean, maybe it did. I mean, did it, did, did you feel like the pressure felt similar or did you feel like when you made that transition to coaching, it was just a different world that you had to kind of learn and adapt to that you maybe not weren't ready for, but just, you know, at that point just needed something different. Yeah, man. Um, I, I was ready for it, um, but I wasn't ready for, for, for all of it. Um I was ready to start coaching in the first team. I spent my time. I did my time, my seven years, you know, and I was, I found myself and um, I've, you know, I was, I was ready to deal with these players and I had a great, I had, I had some great kids. I still got, you know, Hali Zavran, Christian Kors, I have players back then who I still have contact with. We meet up every summer. I mean, it's just great, great, great people. Um, there's still some guys still playing that I, you know, um, coached there and uh, I follow them and, um, I wasn't ready for the pressure of the city. Um, I wasn't, re- I wasn't, I don't, how do you prepare for that? You know, if everybody you can your shoulders, you got so much pressure, the club's not doing well financially. You sell your best player to Bayern Munich and sell your other best player to, um, um, first division in Turkey. And then the results aren't coming. You save them, you save the club a million euros, but you sort of looked at yourself and said, shit, I, I should have protected myself. Shouldn't have sold those players. Um, and the club was, was, it sounds silly, too important for me. So I put the club in front of myself and, um, there's a whole bunch of things that came together that, you know, had some injuries or whatever. Everybody's got excuses, you know, I've got my excuses too, um, that we just didn't have a good run, you know, and the club, Mm. um, back in the day, I was pissed. I was mad, um, that they released me because I, you know, 
I put the club in front of myself and that's something I, you know, learned from. Um, but I would have done it the same again because yeah. that was, that was my club. Yeah. Yeah. And like we, we know ourselves and as many know, like the game can be harsh at times, but it, it, in the end, like hopefully you can learn and become a better coach from this. And it seemed like this presented this opportunity in Zwickau for you to kind of grow in a different light in a different environment. So how do you look back at that time in terms of your growth as a person, as a coach, and, you know, what those years kind of did for you? Yeah. Um, well, the time in Zwickau, five years in, in Zwickau. So when I when I first signed the contract in Zwickau, everybody's like, what do you want to do in Zwickau? They're like, um, so I was, I was, I, was, I want to, I want to coach, you know, I want to coach. And it was a good opportunity. I had a, I just, had a nice stadium that built the stadium in 2016 train facilities right next to the stadium. So we, we always we had our own locker room, you know, there. And so the facilities were, were fine. And it's a small city in Saxony um, where they're put in, in a drawer um, here in Germany. You, you guys know that, you know, um, you know how it is. And um, I want to find out for myself and I'm the, the management guys I met talked about the contract. They were great guys. They were just awesome and they just say look joe we know who we are we know where we come from we think you'd be a great fit we our whole goal is we want to stay up in the third division we've made it here two years ago and this is they have a huge history they've got a lot of history playing the european cup you know i mean they're they're they've got a great history but it was it was you know 30 40 50 years ago and so we just want to we're very realistic about our you know our uh, what we what we can achieve we want to just our main priority is staying up in this third division and i was like i can do that um i i saw the team play i like the character of the team they've got different character and i think the character of that team sort of together with what we were in osbrook sort of formed me to the coach I am today. And, you know, I learned a lot from the players. It's, you always have to make, when you, the finances aren't there, you always have to make compromises. And I never wanted to make a whole bunch of compromises, but I learned to make compromises there. And it was, it was fine. I loved it. Um, You were always, always under pressure. You uh, were always fighting for your life. And you had kids that were willing to give everything on the field. And that was, we weren't, we didn't have a whole bunch of, we didn't have as much quality as some of the other teams, but we had a great team. And that was the mm. thing where th- that solidified my, my philosophies team first um, being a team. And no matter how much quality you have, if you're a good team, you're going to, you're going to achieve your goals. Love that. We want to head into a, a few um, Instagram questions that we got. We didn't say who the guest was, but we kind of right. put out the um, American and Europe coach. Um, we, we had someone actually guess that it was you, which was funny, but, uh, that's, that's a story for a different time. But so just to, to head into some of these, uh, quicker questions, at what point in your playing career, did you know you'd be a coach? I knew early on, um, I always wrote down things that coaches did that I liked that I didn't like. I said, when I'm a coach, I'm going to do this. When I'm a coach, I'm not going to do this. Um, my, my parents always coached us. Um, my brother's a great baseball coach. Um, so I always knew, um, you know, taking over responsibility. I always liked that. You know, I obviously I studied criminal justice. Um, I've got my bachelor of science, you know, and I, I could have fell back on, you know, some some other stuff. 
but I always knew that I wanted to do that. Even at an early age, when I was, when I was playing, I'd always go out and uh, coach youth teams. I would, you know, I would always spend time just going out and playing. I love, I, I still love playing. I still love playing. I, even though I can't play anymore. Um, you, you don't play in any five sides or anything. My, my, my body is. Yeah, I'm sure. Not, it's a lot yeah, of games. Yeah. A lot of games, a lot, you know, I thank God. No, no, I had two serious injuries, but it didn't take me out of a whole bunch of time, but I knew at an early age that I wanted to, you know, give my passion, give my, you know, uh, for the game um, on to other people and the steps. And I'm, thank you for your question um, about going through this transition of coaching youth players, coaching the under 21 or under 23 team at Osterbrook was one of the best experiences of my life because these young kids that want to become professionals that are doing so much that, you know, just to get better, that that's what I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to help these kids become professionals. Yeah. What from the U S game mentality would Europe benefit from? What from the U S game? Yeah, exactly. Athletic ability. I was, I, you know, yeah. I think any, any American that I experienced over here was athletically, especially back in the day. So I came over in 93, you know, we were in college, we were in the weight room. I was in the weight room and, you know, in high school, you know, and playing different sports, you just learn, you know, different. So I came, it's a funny story, actually. I came to, uh, to, to San Paoli, took off my shirt, you know, you, you're fit, you know, whatever. And back in the day, that wasn't a, huge priority here in German soccer. You, the guys take off their shirts. I'm like, geez, you play soccer, you know, and, <laughs> <Too many> broaches. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to rip these guys up. And I got on the field and they were way better than me. Um, you know, soccer wise, but athletically, I think, I think, and this mindset, you know, I think the Americans, it's, it's a little naive. They're, I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah. you know, we played Bayern Munich. I was like, I'm going to rip these guys up. You know, you're like running all over the field, trying to get the ball. So the confidence um, and then you're really running you're really like yeah where's like the ball this. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i was like jeez i'm gonna hold but i scored a goal against byron so that was cool That's i was awesome. like it was a goal of the week or some or goal, goal of the month, month, goal of the month. Right? yeah, yeah don't make it worse month. than it is man i try yeah. no, i tried to find it i mean hopefully <laughs> i'll do a little bit more digging i'll try yeah. i tried to find somewhere it. in the archives um, but i do want to yeah. see it I, I did read that somewhere yeah yeah so That's I amazing. think the Americans just have this, this confidence about them, the athletic ability back then, at least now, you know, all these got all these teams got weight rooms, they've got their strength and conditioning coaches, you know, and so they're athletically just as good. I think the drive, I think the passion for the game, just being, you know, growing up in a country where soccer is maybe the fifth or sixth most important sport, um, the people that are playing, you know, and, and just love it. They're like, really passionate about it. and i think this passion is is what is what makes us good yeah just speaking on this so this might be a tough question because obviously um like you said there are those big differences already in place but what cultural changes could help the u.s catch up to european football what cultural changes see i guess I've in general of- too maybe not even maybe sporting changes as well cultural i mean you can't really change the culture as much but you know, Rather in the last couple of years, I've experienced players that came over and um, all right, I want to be in the second division. I'm like, hmm. you know, and just appreciating, you know, there is good. There are 
so many good teams in the regional league, in the Oberliga, in the in the third division. You know, I think that I think of just realizing how good you are at that moment and try to improve from the place you are. I think that's that's one thing that I've experienced in the last couple of years having America, some Americans come over and you know um, play here. It's just being realistic about the ability and then trying to improve. Um, I think that's one thing. Culturally, I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, I've had I see Johan Gomez. I had him last year at, yeah, at the last two years right at Zwickau. Yeah. Man, that kid is good. I mean, we've made some really, really good young players. And so I'm really satisfied with, you know, with the, the, the Americans that are coming over being very successful, um, way more successful than I ever was as a player. And so I think, we're on a, I think we're on a good path, man. I think, you know, um, what, what must change culturally? I don't know. I, sometimes I, I watch ESPN and, you know, see all the discussions about, you know, Greg Berhalter and, you know, the, the state of the American national. I'm, I, I watched the world cup, man. I was like, this is, we're in the, we're in the mix. And I think it's a long process and it's a, maybe a little bit longer than we, we hoped it would be. But we're in a good direction. And so I'm 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 very, very optimistic. We are too. And to wrap this up, reflecting on the journey right now, what things would you say helped you to get to this moment? So in other words, why did Joe make it as a pro player and a professional coach? And why is he still going? I think like you guys, I, I love I love being here. I love playing the game. I love um I come to work every day with a smile on my face. Uh, it's, it's just, it's what I want to do. It's what, you know, and I, and I think not taking that, that for granted, um, is, is, is what, is what made me, um, successful, you know, I obviously, you know, professional playing third and second division, you know, but I wasn't a, I wasn't a great, great player, but I, I worked harder than a lot of people. I worked a lot harder. And so that's what's something I'm really proud of. And I think that's what, what makes me a good coach too. It's just working very hard, um, you know, and, and enjoying what you do. I think that's, that's my biggest aspect. We have some quick fire questions that okay. we're going to end on right here. Favorite player growing up? Lothar Mateos. Favorite moment in football? Um. Can I too? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's your show. My one game with the national team, I was oh, so yeah. proud. Yeah. Um, and the second is uh, um, we had uh, the relegation game against Union Berlin, um, penalty kicks, six uh, shooter, um, and uh, somehow scored my penalty kick, went up to second. Blackout? I can't imagine the pressure. Oh, my God. It was it was amazing. I was still watching. I'll cry. It's crazy. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Did you get hurt in the national team game too? I what I got uh, cut here. I'm very proud of it. So I got sewn up, and the guy and and the guys were like, "Oh, you got sewn up." I was like, "Yeah, I want to play." And so I got I got subbed in and subbed out. So I was wow. You had your moment good. though. That's a cool story. Amazing. Yeah. How about most difficult moment in football? Uh, being relegated um, and being fired from Fall Falls and Best advice you ever received? 
uh, best advice, probably from my mom said, do it, but go, go with you all of your heart. Best player you ever played with and against. Oh, Claudio Reina, probably. He was, I was like, oh my God, this guy is on another level than I was. Uh, um, Best player. So there was a few. So when we played against Bayern, I mean, there were some really good players, but I'll tell you what, Alexander Leb um, played Stuttgart. I was marking him in the midfield and he was just, he was better than I. Yeah. And so he was, so, but you had, you had some really good players at Stefan Effenberg. You know, when I judge a player, Stefan Effenberg was probably like the best player, Roy Mackay, because they, they Roy Mackay scored goals, you know, and, yeah. um, and Stefan Effenberg, just his presence on the field. He was just, you know, but individually against Alexander Leb, it's just like, Where's the ball? Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. I can imagine, yeah. Yeah. Best player you've ever coached with, or have coached you have coached or coached against? That's that's a good question. That's a tough one. That that is a tough one. So it's tougher to answer as a coach too, because you, right. you know. Yeah, I don't want to piss off anybody. <laughs> yeah, we can pass it if you want, but you can always do against. We'll just do against. Yeah, I like that better. No, no. no. Uh, it's played played against. Hmm. So there's this there's this kid. Uh, nah, <sighs> that's a, a lot of players question. to go over in your head. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a tough question. I don't want to forget anybody. You know. Um, yeah, it's tough. Or one that comes to mind. So so when 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 I was playing, uh, so when I was coaching the second team, um, Horst Wubesch was coaching the under twenty one national team, um, and and they needed to prepare for it was the last preparation for. Um, the uh, um, European Championships under 21. And he called me up and he said, hey, Joe, I need a game. Can you get your team together? And it was after our season. It was a week after our season. And I called up my guys. Like, hey, you guys want to play? And they're all, yeah. So Noya, Boateng, uh, you know, I mean, all these guys. Sami Kadira, all these guys were on the field. So that was the best team I've ever coached against. I mean, the under 21 national team back, they were stacked. Stacked, yeah. Yeah, and... It was funny. There was an article a couple of years later. The guy sent it to me, and he says, "Horace Wubish. I don't know who we played against, but we were um, at halftime. It was zero zero, and had some good chances. They were terrible, and we still, you know, found this moment for us, you know. And so he was talking about us, but that was probably the best group of players I've ever coached against. Yeah, it's a great answer. Yeah. I'm glad we went to we came to that one. <laughs> That's hard to. If beat. you weren't a coach, what would you be? You know, I studied criminal justice and, and about, about my junior year, I was like, I don't know if I want to become a cop, man. Cause this, you're dealing with bad people every single day. Um, I probably, my mom was a teacher and I, you know, back when I was figuring out, okay, what I want to do, maybe um, going back and get my teaching credentials, uh, maybe a teacher, uh, you know, see that favorite book. Oh, I've see, I'm into Daniel Silva. So the, uh, the, all of the, uh, his, his books, um, dealing with, uh, spies. So all the Daniel Silva, um, uh, books, um, I used to be Ken Follett. Um, oh yeah, I know Ken Follett. Yeah. Yeah. But Daniel Silva, man, I've read his like the last 20, 25 books in the last two years. They're amazing. 
So Daniel Silva is my, my favorite author right now. Um, I used to be a huge Tom Clancy as Tom Clancy was back when I was playing. I was, but Daniel Silva is probably my best, my favorite author right now. I can see the criminal criminology degree yeah. and then where yeah. the reading yeah. all those guys. Exactly. And, and the thing about Daniel Silva is, is a lot of the, a lot of the thing he describes is here in Germany. And so it's being here. Oh, that's cool. And, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and so, so there's a, there's a one book that I would recommend with you guys being here in Germany, Joseph Haywood, the Burkett, amazing story here in Germany after world war two. So if you ever guys, if you guys get a chance to read that, it's a great book. We wrote it down. Yeah. Okay, good. Very nice. Our last one, it can it can sometimes play off of the advice, but sometimes it's more on a personal level. Any quote or mantra that you personally live by? You know, back when when so so when I'm coaching, I try and because you you try and figure out new things for the for the for the team um that that you know works for a model for the team for the whole season that we can always look back and say, okay, all right. This year our our motto is team first. And, um, it says a lot, you know, it's, it's really short. Um, but I think, I think my whole life, we've always lived by that team first team first can be your family team first can be, you know, your team team first can be your friends. It's always team first. Yeah. There's a lot to pull from it, but I do feel like it's a, that is, that is a sentiment and especially in sports, yeah. but like you said, to in any walk of life, really yeah. like that. Very good. Joe, we want to thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate the time. And, you know, it was a pleasure for us to hear about the journey and take the wisdom from you. And, you know, we, we can't wait to see how the season goes. We'll be yes. rooting for you guys. And, yeah, all the best. I'd like to invite you guys down to Regensburg and see it here. If you guys ever have the chance, appreciate that. please yeah. come down to Regensburg and I'll show you around here. And, um, you know, we can go out to dinner. Um, I really enjoyed talking with you guys. I'm glad my English was a little bit understand or was understandable. Yeah. I think still we there. Still there. Yeah, yeah. I think still we there. can understand you. <laughs> Good. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, guys. It was a great talk. Great questions. Thank you, Our Joe. Pleasure. Thank you. Special thank you to Joe. Special thank you to Jan Regensburg. Um, I really enjoyed that episode. Um, I'm not, I mean, I, there's a lot of parallels. I think there's a lot of things that stand out from the story. And I think there's a lot of things that he's had to deal with as a coach and as a player and a lot of, amazing highs, a lot of amazing lows. And it was just, it's very interesting to get that perspective of someone who's kind of picked up and started a new life or made a new home in a different country. And it's become, you know, like it's become that new home. He said off camera, like, sorry, my English might not be so good. Yeah. It's just, he's been here for since 93, you know, and the wealth of experience and the wealth of knowledge that he's gained, um, from being an American going to a different country and, you know, seeing where he can take it and seeing how he can grow the game. Yeah. I really, I really enjoyed that. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for them. Hopefully, you know, you don't want to put out any jinxes or anything. I don't believe in that shit. So I do hope that they reach the highs that they want to. And um, hopefully we can get down for a game and, and support. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, what, what an amazing First off, the playing career back, he he left the U.S. before the MLS was even a thing. So that's also, yeah. or it was pretty much the same year where it started. Um, so I couldn't, I can't imagine coming over then where it's also like, you don't know much. 
right? Yeah, yes, exactly. he, had a, he had a roommate a, uh, or a college teammate that he kind of just crashed on his couch. Sounds familiar, months. right? Just crashed on someone's familiar. couch. Yeah, sounds very familiar. <laughs> I know a guy that did that. <laughs> I know a guy who crashed on your this couch. Ugly orange couch. <laughs> um, I'm sure they have a. I'm sure they have a lot of stories about that time exactly, too. That right? time period. Um, but yeah, then transitioning to a coach, and I think the part where he he spent six seasons. Um, I didn't mention it, but it was over. It was almost 250 games as a coach for the second team or the U19 team as, as well. So that's, they're probably full-time because they're youth, but it's still U21 players in an amateur league. Um, and that's a lot of time to develop yourself as a coach. You see a lot of uh, Premier League players where they spend a year as an assistant or an academy, and then they try to take a job and it often doesn't work. And there's a reason for that, right? It takes time to develop yourself as a coach because it's different than as a player. And I think that really shows why he's had success because he basically put in the work. He spent a long time and with youth players, like he said, that want to get better. So yeah. that's different where they're willing to do what you say as a coach because they want to make it pro. So that's mm -hmm. a great environment actually to develop as a coach because basically you could try anything on them and they're going to give it everything because they want to reach higher heights and they're young and ambitious. Um, but yeah, what a career. I mean, it's he's been here for 30 years, which is insane. Like he's been in Germany more than he's been in the US. Um, yeah. Which is yeah, still, wow. the, the part about the English is funny because we can relate that like, yeah, for some reason, when you're not talking English with a native speaker, you start to speak differently. I mean, you and, just said talking English. Yeah. So like speaking that's English, like you, exactly. wouldn't, you would say speaking English. You, yeah, know, you exactly. wouldn't say talking for, English. So there you go. For example, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it's just uh, it's a funny thing, but uh, yeah, it was a great conversation. I feel like, yeah, and I feel like there was, I mean, like a certain couple of things that kind of stood out was like he mentioned very early why he's been in it for so long. He's just like comes back to the love for the game and loving to want to grow and loving to learn and get better. And I feel like he's had to do that across his playing and coaching career. Like he's had a lot of these things put on him. He was the you know, captain, he's done so many games. He's a legend at Osnabrück. And then he had to also, you know, become the coach. And he talked about the pressures that would weigh on him, kind of feeling the pressure of the entire city. And then, you know, having that and having those sleepless nights, but just always trying to do what's best for his players and for him. And, you know, sometimes finding that balance between what's best for that and what's best for the club. You know, he talked about selling players. But it seems like his intentions, and I'm sure that's, holds so true to why he's been able to do what he's been able to do is because his intentions are there to help the players, to help grow the game, to help be the best coach, to put the club in the best position. And yeah, I, it is someone that definitely, you know, like stands out to Sean and I, who, you know, we, we, we think about that transition into play into coaching after our playing years. And maybe that comes and hearing all about how that happened and, the best ways to do it and what he's learned and is um yeah it was it was special for us and we thank him again yeah totally totally i also like kind of the quote mantra that he's he's he uh, mentioned at the end like team, team first. first like selflessness yeah. i think it's a mm -hmm. huge thing in any situation is it's not about you basically is another way to say it is that what can you do to help everyone else around you yeah and when you have a group of individuals thinking like that, then success will for sure be 
and seemed like he had that already as a player because he yeah. said like he was a worker right. and he would work for everyone on his team and just carries over, right. you know? Right. It's also there's just Besides, funny, funny image with uh, when he was saying like, yeah, in the locker room, I'm like all this ripped guy and everyone's just sitting there, you know? I can imagine it because you get that also in the Overliga here. When I first came over, you're like, oh, who are these the guys? And you thing. get on the pitch yeah. and then they, yeah. you can't get the ball. You can't touch them. Yeah, I can. I mean, I can run around these guys, but they can pass it around me. You know what I mean? Right. Like their right. knowledge was, and you have to adapt That's to that. so because, funny. Exactly. Like you said, we come over and we see that. Maybe it fails the eye test, like we say, right. like in a, in a, from first glance, but after first and second glance, when you're trying to find the ball right. and you know you're figuring it out, it's like, okay, wait. There's, There's levels, levels to, to this, and it's just not all about the fitness and everything. Right, right. You got to know the game. Yeah, totally. Incredible, though. On our personal side, yeah, make sure you're signed up for the newsletter. Like we were saying, um, you will have some exclusive info and exclusive opportunities that others will not have. Um, that is correct. And you will want to have that. So look out for that. Um, the free support always helps us immensely, you know, liking, commenting, subscribing, writing a review on Spotify, which you can do now, writing a review on Apple, um, just sharing, telling someone, plugging and passing, as we used to say in those beginning episodes. I feel like yeah. we haven't brought that in a while, right? Plug and pass. Plug and pass. And um, yeah, just plug the pod. Help us out. Hopefully we can help you out as players, as coaches, as individuals even outside the game who are trying to extract knowledge from these podcasts and yeah thanks again to joe and we'll we'll see you again next time with some new guests as well yeah until next time keep moving forward keep learning and make your own path footwork is sponsored by ourselves and great companies such as kong fitness but we love to partner with new brands to make their own paths so get in touch if you must footwork.club the official footwork website is now live so make sure you go join the club and check out all the new content and all the new features find us on youtube at footwork podcast you better like and subscribe while you're there if not i don't know what to tell you find us on instagram at footwork underscore podcast great time there twitter at footwork podcast tiktok at footwork podcast where we like to post dance videos those are great but more importantly amazing content for any dream chasers out there plug plug pass tell your friends your enemies your mother your brother your sister your pastor it doesn't matter who tell the mailman your dog anybody that can listen like subscribe review because all of that helps while you're there we'll take whatever we can get to join the club join the club he messed me up i mean he can just he can just mash it together so it's fine (laughs) 